I was watching the news the other day and I thought to myself, if you were offered the chance to become the next Prime Minister, would you want the job? No. We are in the midst of a, a, a strange time in UK politics. The, the, the nation is deeply divided. And those in power are divided even within their own party. And we're at a time when there's two of the mainstream political parties that are in the midst of a leadership contest. Only one of them usually gets mentioned on the telly news. But that's because the outcome will bring us the next prime minister. And whoever that is, whatever party we personally favour, we need to be praying for who it may be. The candidates in those competitions are at the moment trying to gather support. To gather support by spelling out what sets them apart. By saying what they believe in. What defines their priorities and what their policies would be were they the person in number 10. The Lord's Prayer is sometimes talked of as being Jesus' manifesto. It's his policy for us to pray this in the future. This, if we follow him, is what we call for to be in the hearts and the minds of the nations. Every time we pray the words that we share there, we, we're saying that we're unhappy with the world in the way that it is. And we declare and we align ourselves with how Jesus would want us to be and how he would want the world to be. But there are, of course, significant differences between this manifesto that Jesus brings and a politician's claim for power. Jesus is humble. And here he speaks not directly of his own greatness, but of the greatness of God and the ability of God to do things and how we should therefore live. He declares the Father to be great and declares him to be holy. Hallowed be thy name. In fact, the prayer as a whole is more telling about the Holy Father God than it is about Jesus himself. The Heavenly Father and Jesus as the Son are in relationship. This is Trinity Sunday. I'm not going to get into all that about how the Trinity works. You'll be pleased to, to hear because, quite frankly, it took 
60 years for them to develop a creed that expressed it somehow and you can't do that in 20 minutes on a Sunday morning um, but the father and the son that relationship is explicit throughout the Bible from, from right at the beginning of creation where the spirit is moving upon the waters and in Matthew's gospel Matthew that we're reading this version of the Lord's Prayer from this morning this teaching of it um, in the very first verse of the New Testament the writer calls Jesus the Messiah the son of David but that doesn't necessarily give the full heavenly dimension you see Jesus as the son in an unambiguous way when a voice from, uh, from above speaks that is baptism by John this is my son whom I love with him I am well pleased Jesus doesn't answer that question how do you know your father loves you with his beard tickles me it's the fact that he's been told that he is loved he's told that he is loved and with him he is well pleased a father and a son in relationship now in, in some liturgy and modern creeds God is spoken of as whom Jesus called father that first person of the trinity but there is more to it as we see in the lord's prayer because the first words are not that he is to, uh, he tells his disciples to pray jesus's father who art in heaven but our father not simply my father that person's father our father it relates to all of us he is not only the father of Jesus but the heavenly father of the followers of Christ for he adopts us to be daughters and sons we are God's children and he longs for us to come to him to talk with him to delight in our joys to share in our sorrows just as we might with a nurturing person that we've had in our lives be it a biological parent or an adult that took on that responsibility when we were young of course not all human parents be they father or mother are caring and loving they are not all supportive there may be an example of parenting in your life or in the life of someone that you know that has fallen far short of what anyone would hope for and the heart physical or emotional that they have caused 
might have been horrific. It happens. It happens too often. But the Heavenly Father is different. He is the perfect parent, the ideal father we could ever dream of. In the book of Exodus, in the book of Psalms, in the words of the Old Testament prophets, it is revealed again and again that the Lord, who we call Father, is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love. This is how a father should be. Not shouting, not violent, not unkind. The good father doesn't give a stone when the child asks for bread or a snake when fish is asked for. We have a heavenly father that loves and reveals that love day in, day out. We see it demonstrated in the New Testament when he sends Jesus into the world that we can be forgiven, that we can know eternal life. And this nature of fatherhood is what we see and declare in the Lord's Prayer. We call out, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If what was happening in heaven was not a good thing, we wouldn't be calling for that. If the kingdom was wrong, it wouldn't be something to pray for. If we didn't want to do the Father's will, if we didn't want to live in ways that further reveal God, then these are words we would not be choosing to pray. But having prayed such words, perhaps even prayed them each day of our life, for as long as we dare to remember, then we have to examine ourselves and consider whether our personal words and actions are of the kingdom or are of earthly ways. The God who gives us our daily bread, who provides for our need in the food that we may eat, that sends the sunshine in and the rain, is a God of compassion and is ready and willing to forgive. But are we generous in our love, in our following of his ways? Do we have love for people that enables us to forgive in our prayers too? Do we seek to forgive as readily as we might seek forgiveness for ourselves. We need forgiveness 
because we do wrong things. We have been tempted and given in to those temptations. Those are two different things, aren't there? Jesus himself was tempted. The devil comes to him after his time in the wilderness. The evil one taunts him about power and authority, about testing God. Jesus was tempted, but he resists temptation. We, however, at times give Aden. I think one of the, the most misunderstood lines in the Bible is probably lead us not into temptation. The issue, of course, is not the words, but how we interpret them today, how we un- understand them. Something that was written. Uh, in the translation of the Bible hundreds of years ago would have been read and understood in the right way but in the English language's evolution a door has been opened allowing the words to take on an incorrect meaning we do not have a heavenly father who would ever cause us to be tempted into sin that is the action of the evil one not of God lead us not into temptation we are actually in the prayer asking to be led to a case of non-temptation we are not asking God to stop his action of leading us into temptation he never tempt us to sin about 18 months ago Pope Francis offered the suggestion uh, of the words do not let us fall into temptation as a new way of wording it understanding that it was a father that helps you get up after the fall rather than trying to cause you to trip over in the first place the father is the one who holds our hand as we walk along the way of Jesus and I remember doing that with my own children granted about 10 years ago now but you would walk along holding their hand and you might not necessarily be looking at them But all of a sudden, there's a tension there. You can feel that something is happening. They have tripped. And they start to go over. And instead of going down with them so that they hit the ground, you pull your hand the other way. Maybe even such that their feet fly off the floor in some instances. And they fly and come back and you carry on walking that is what we're asking here 
We're asking that the Father stops us from falling. But to stop us from falling, we have to have our hand in his. Otherwise, we will go all the way down. And we might try and save ourselves by putting our hands out. But they'll still end up scoffed and sore. We need to walk with him. And our Heavenly Father longs for that to happen. For us to grow and develop in a way that reflects his loving parenthood. For us to see the world as he does. Recognising it is broken. But loving it all the same. And so responding with grace, and so responding with mercy. In praying the Lord's Prayer, we are going going against the grain of the world's way. We are declaring that God has primacy in our lives. And that we want that rule that he has in heaven... To be seen across the earth. In the coming days, the coming weeks, as leadership contests go on, and at some point we'll come to some sort of election, I want you to consider the Jesus Manifesto. Pray that the Father's kingdom will be seen in this nation that people will live his way that they will have that daily bread that they will be forgiven their sins that they will as it appears in our Bibles be forgiven their debts be able to live debt free And be able, by holding on to God, to resist the evil one. May this be our prayer. May this be our policy. In Jesus' name. Amen.